Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, Scott. I'm joined, as always, by Travis Morgan and for every single Arsenal potty here on in by Robert Malunga. Uh, Eminem, as I call you, Morgan and Malunga. How are you doing, lads? Is it okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not too bad. Good to hear. Yeah, good. Um, Monday. Here we go. What a weekend of ball, Rob. It was Saturday. Obviously, Liverpool were first. 2-1 against Crystal Palace, fortuitous, some may say. Then Trav took a real slapping at OT. Should have been 4-0, but a contentious handball saved them. Speaking of contentious handballs, <laughs> that led us on to Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 0. What a game. Uh, what three games, man. I felt like drunk on football come half past seven Saturday night, but I absolutely loved, loved it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um What's your thoughts? Let's start with the lineup, Rob. I've got them here. I've got it here. Um, <clears throat> you talk me through your team. You know them better than me. But when I seen the lineup, I thought um, Arteta's finally got a bit of stability there. Raya, White at right back, Saliba and Gabriel centre back, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Rice, Havert, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. You can't get much stronger than that. I think the only one that was missing from that that you could strengthen, I would say, is probably Kai Havertz. But what's your thoughts on it? That's pretty much, at the moment, the best 11 <laughs> we can put out because, you know, we, we've got injuries at the moment. Uh, I would say the only potential change in that lineup, I think, was a toss-up between Kai Havertz and Trossard in the eight. Uh, and I think he went with Havertz based off physicality. And I think he's in a good run of form at the moment. He scored a few goals. He's He looks... He looks like the player that, you know, when we signed him, that's what, what the manager wanted. So, other than other than that, really, I think that's the best 11 we can put out. Obviously, Tommy Asu's injured, uh, who I felt would have played. that would have played. I think he would have played instead of Ben White. Uh, and then, obviously, we haven't got Thomas Partey, no Smith-Rowe. Uh, but other than that, yeah, that's pretty much the best team we could have put out on the, uh, on the day, well, on the evening. What's that? What's going on with Ben White for FPL players? Has he not been benched for pretty much the last three or four games? No, well, he, he was suffering with a little bit of an injury, uh, and Tommy Asu's come in and he's done really, really well. And he's, you know, he's he made that that space his own. He locked that down for himself. But uh, yeah, obviously Tommy's got injured again, and Ben White's come back in, and he's looked a little bit. It's not looked like the Ben White from last year. There's not criticising him or anything. He's just looked maybe a little bit leggy. I don't know if he's still carrying. You know, or suffering a little bit from that injury that's kept him out. Well, you've got to remember at the end of the day, you know, he's not actually a right back. He is a centre back. We signed him as a centre back, and he's, you know, he's he's been playing that right back role for us last season, <clears throat> and did very very well. But you know, we 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 paid fifty million for a centre back. But don't get me wrong, he's done well at right back. But yeah, uh, other than that, that like I said, that's pretty much the strongest team we could have put out. I love Tommy in the away games, and I think we massively missed him. Uh, we massively missed him on Friday evening because once again, once we when we go to Anfield, I'd love to have him, but I don't think he's going to be there. So, yeah, it's uh, at the moment it's going to be Zinchenko and White. So we've got to really wrap them two up because you know you're starting to look at a Cedric Suarez if if any of them two get injured. So you know we haven't we haven't got Timber, we haven't got Timber either. So and yeah. obviously Kivior, you know he, Kibior, he, he yeah. fill, fills in at left back, but if we get another injury. Then right back, you're looking at Cedric Suarez, unless he fancies giving Royal 
uh, Walters a game, who's a young lad who might play against PSV tomorrow. So we'll see. Going to be big changes tomorrow, isn't there? Um, with it being a dead rubber. Um, but Trav, away to Villa Park. Is it the toughest fixture at the minute? I think I was looking at the fixtures in the last 12 months. I've only been beaten three times at home. Uh, there's the odd draw here or there, but then they've won like something like 20 games, 20 out of 24. They've just patterned up Man City 1-0. And when I say patterned up, I mean they absolutely blasted uh, Man City, which I'm sure Rob's going to get into. They didn't blast Arsenal. It was a great game end-to-end, but Villa Park, they're absolutely flying. Yeah, confidence confidence is massive for them. I mean, what a difference a manager makes. I mean, they've made some shrewd signings, but where they were under Steven Gerrard, floundering in 17th when Emery took over, it's just, it's a ridiculous transformation to what he's done to that team and how well drilled he's got them. And, I mean, they've taken a risk on some players. I know Yuri Tillemans, for example, was a player that a lot of big clubs were looking at. I know Arsenal, I think, were briefly looking at him. I know Liverpool were linked with him as well. And he was, I think they got him on a free. I'm not 100% sure. I think his contract yeah, ran out, didn't it? So some of the business they've done has been fantastic and he's really moulded a real well-oiled machine and they were really hard to beat. I think just going back to the game itself, just to touch on it, I think it was one of those games where the first goal was really important and especially in the bigger games away from home, Arsenal's resolve is really tested when they go behind in a game. And I mean, we've already seen it against Newcastle. They were a little bit unlucky and I think in some ways they were unlucky on Saturday as well, but full credit to the job that Emery's doing and, and and it is probably the toughest place to go at the moment. Uh, Rob, cash your mind back to last season, certainly from a Liverpool point of view, watching Arsenal, I was in awe of um, the, the form Arsenal were in and I really thought Arsenal would go on and win the league. But as soon as you went 1-0 down last season, you felt it, it's you're going to get it back. Is it a little bit different this season when you went 1-0 down where you're panicking and, and thinking, especially off the back of the Newcastle game, tricky away game did you think you'd get back into it i feel this was a totally different game to the newcastle game uh, in terms of when we went one nil down to newcastle we didn't create a lot of chances really after that uh in this game we created a hat full of chances you know on another day we could have scored three or four goals away at villa park uh, i feel the game really changed when we made a substitution because i felt before the game the way that villa play uh, I felt our two wide men, Martinelli and Saka, were going to have lots and lots of joy, which was the case. Uh, Martinelli was keeping the pitch really wide and Kai Havertz was making some unbelievable runs through the middle. Uh, and the amount of times Martinelli got the ball in behind and he just his, his final ball just wasn't quite there. And on another day, like I said, we could have easily scored three or four goals at Villa Park. So I don't think... like. A, in terms of last season, it's totally different the way we're playing. Uh, you know, it, we, we're, try, we're trying for that element of control around games of football. But when you go 1-0 down, you can't control. It's hard. It's harder to control a game of football. You then have to chase the game. But I felt we did all the right things to chase the game. And it wasn't like we were having chances and then Villa were going up the other end and having loads of chances. Villa probably had two or three chances in the game. But on another day, we could have easily scored three or four goals. Our finishing wasn't quite there. And it's not... A lot of people are saying, oh, it's down to the fact we haven't got a striker. But we spread our goals across the team very, very well. And you look on that day, all of our front five players were off it in terms of finishing. <clears throat> Odegaard had a few chances. Saka couldn't quite couldn't quite 
get it right. Martinelli's final ball wasn't great. Jesus didn't didn't have a lot of chances, but you know, in terms of the game, I actually thought we played really, really well. And it's not it's not for me a worry really that we lost that game. It's disappointing we lost that game, yeah, hundred percent. But if we play like that in ninety percent of the games this season, we'll win more games than we lose. So I'm not too worried about it really, to be fair. I mean, let's just start with the Villa goal. It was it was so well worked. Um, I was listening on the radio on the way home. Talksport Gabby Agbonhol was waxing lyrical about his former side, uh, and rightly so because Villa absolutely flying. But I think he said that every single Villa player, bar I think it was Matty Cash, touched the ball in the build up to the goal. Is that right? Potentially. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That, my only my only question I'd have about that goal, and I'll let him off because he, he was playing at right back and he did find himself in a central area. I thought Ben White could have got a little bit tighter to John McGinn. You know, he's almost been able to fully turn on the ball and then get his strike off. But other than that, yeah, it was a decent goal and they caught us a bit off, off the hop. They got the ball out to Bailey, which I thought they would do a lot and try and get at Zinchenko. And the one time he did, not necessary, he didn't really isolate Zinchenko because didn't go around him or anything like that but they were I thought that they were they were gonna they were gonna attack that side and they did and yeah like I said the only criticism of the goal I'd have is probably Ben White could have got a little bit tighter to John McGinn when he turned and shot I think Bailey gone sorry I was just gonna say it wasn't just a turn was it Trav it was a turn on the spin that still had the ball traveling perfectly it was yeah. just, it was a great, great again. I think, I think Bailey does well because he showed good composure in the area that he got into. Cause I wasn't actually sure what he was going to do with the ball. When he got into the area, I wasn't sure whether he's going to like sort of smash it across the face or try and stand one up or something. But he does pick out McGinn quite deliberately with his pass and it's a great pass. And like you said, it was the start that Villa needed and, and Emery would have dreamt of going 1-0 up. Like you said, Arsenal would have wanted to control that game from early. And like you said, the difference was was then they had to go and chase the game. And I think that suited Villa with the likes of McGinn. Like, McGinn's just a little dog, isn't he? Like, he just runs around. For, he just, that's the best way I would describe him. He's just a little pit bull, isn't he? Like, with not quality. With player. quality, though. Yeah, with, with quality. quality. This is it. Like, he, he is a quality player. But he's got a great engine and that Villa just didn't seem to stop running. I think, if I think back to the signings, Paul Torres as well, he was another one that was linked with United. We, we, well, we get linked with any everyone and anyone, but he was another one that clubs were looking at. I think Spurs were in for Paul Torres as well. And Villa managed to get him. And I just don't know how they've done it. Like they've turned a load of like 30 million pound players into like 50 million pound players within just sort of half a season. It's ridiculous the job he's done. So yeah, it was a great goal. And just a quick mention to Bailey how well he did on, on with the assist. But we suffocated um, that we suffocated them, I felt, after they did score that goal. The amount of times that they did try and play out from the back and we pressed them and nicked the ball off them, and we did end up having, you know, three on three three situations, four on fours, but we just didn't quite get the final ball right. Just mm. didn't quite get it right. So like I said, I, I, I don't think I don't think Villa like tactically outplayed us or anything like that. I just think, like you said, Trav, I think they got the first goal, they got it at the right time, and they hung on to it. You know, I wouldn't even say they defended great because we created a hatful of chances. But you know, you need a bit of luck. You know, they 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 will feel as though to beat teams like Arsenal and Man City, you do need a little bit of luck, and they got that. That's the thing. They, they've got the confidence now, haven't they? To go 1-0 up at home against Man City, against Arsenal, nullify the opposition, almost turn it um, into a kind of, um, what's the word, like a game of attrition, like where they just try to nullify down the left, down the right, 
suffocate the team. Um, and that, that's just what confidence in coaching can do for it for you, can't it, Trav? Obviously, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to mention you with obviously Ten Hag. We mentioned it on the stream yesterday with Man United. Ten Hag must be looking at Unai Emery. Must be looking at Deserbi. Must be looking at Ange Postecoglou and feeling that pressure a little bit more. What am I not doing? for my squad of players to coach them to be able to perform like this. And like you say, just mentioned turning like average footballers into 50 million pounds certified ballers. I mean, that's, that's probably good. Brighton's greatest strength, isn't there? Brighton are turning yeah. uh, players like Lalana, Welbeck, Milner, not that much to an extent, but they're turning them into well-oiled players like certified ballers, aren't they? Yeah. I think they've got, I think the business has been shrewd because they've actually got quite experienced players for good fees. I don't think I was just about to say that. that like a player like Paul Torres is quite experienced in like in Europe. Luca Di Luca McGinn, yeah. you know, these lads have been around the block. It's not like it's their first yeah. season in the Prem. Yes. I was yeah. gonna say that as well, Trav, yeah. Yeah, I think they've they've done good business and they've added the right mixture of exper experience blend like a good blend of youth and experience. And like you said, they've taken a risk on a couple of players like Tillemans and stuff. But yeah, he, I think it's it makes great it, it it makes it great for the league as well because obviously like in terms of the top four top four five six teams that are always in the mix for those Champions League places I think Villa are, are right in the mix for that I don't think they've got enough to win the league I think a couple of injuries and they, and they would really suffer without a shadow of a doubt like if they lost a Watkins or something like that I know, I know they've already lost Mings but. They lost a couple of other players like Douglas Louise or something. I think they would would struggle similar to like Spurs. I think they would go on a little bit of a run where they would have some indifferent results. But long may it continue. Like you said, they're full of confidence. People don't want to go to Villa Park. And we'll, let's just see if they can gate crash the top four. Uh, well, we'll get there. We're going to make predictions about who's going to finish the top four. Um, we'll head there towards the end of the stream. I'm just going to jump in the comments. Jose is in. Cheers for joining Jose Football Ferreira. Top man, legend, Emiliano Martinez. Yeah, we're going to get on to him as well. Gabby Agbonlahor on TalkSport Radio at five o'clock said, Emilio Martinez is the best keeper in the world. I will dispute that because my keeper's Alisson, of course, um, but we're definitely going to touch on Martinez. Ravi, cheers for joining again. Ravi, big up. Uh, big up, but no robbery. Just need to play the game no matter what is thrown out at you. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what Villa are doing now. John McGinn said it after the game. We're just taking one game at a time um, and seeing what happens. Uh, like Trav just mentioned, would anyone back against them? Finishing in the top four, if they can maintain this home form, who knows? Arsenal is overrated. I'm always... <laughs> Arteta is rubbish. <laughs> what I would say about the game uh, on Saturday evening is I'm always very, very, you know, I don't like to be critical of manager substitutions, but I felt as though the substitution to take Martinelli off for Trossard massively changed the game because... Like I said, when Martinelli was playing there, he was really stretching the game. And Havertz was making some great third-man runs, getting in getting in behind. And when Trossard came on, he plays a lot more narrow. And we kind of lost a little bit of our width there. And then it kind of tightened up Havertz's spaces to run in behind. So felt as though that was probably a substitution he shouldn't have made on the evening. Felt Why have you got Martinelli in the FPL team, Rob? Yeah, there's that as well. Yeah. Why do you think <laughs> he made that substitution? What did you think? He, did you think he just wanted another goal threat on? Or I just think he probably wanted another goal threat, and I, and I think before the game, you know, he probably looked at 
Havertz being the change, but Havertz was having such an influence on the game that he probably felt he wasn't going to. And obviously, as the game goes on, you can start to dip balls into the box for Havertz. He's proven that in the last couple of weeks. So, and, and he nearly and he nearly came good with the goal at the end that was obviously disallowed. You know, just was a good ball in by Odegaard, and he's starting to find those spaces in the box now. Havertz really is. So yeah, I just think he felt as though Havertz for Trossard's the usual substitution. But Havertz was having such an influence on the game and I think he wanted to get Trossard onto the pitch because, you know, Trossard's scored quite a few goals this season. So that's why I feel as though he made that sub. It feels like Trossard is like his lucky charm, his go-to guy when he needs it a little bit extra, a bit like Harvey Elliott is for Liverpool in the last probably 10 games. Is that the way you see it, Rob, Trossard? He's a good, he's a good player. He's played a lot of games this Holly, season. I think he's probably got, I think he might have three or four goals in the league, a couple in the Champions League. So he, he's way on the way to scoring double figures for us in, in the Champions League and Premier League this season. So yeah, he's a valuable asset to the squad. He's a really, really good player. And the fact we paid £20 million for him is an absolute steal when you think about it. Um, let's get on to this penalty, Rob, or the lack of. It's so hard. Obviously, we all watch the game Saturday. We have a laugh in the group chat um, saying it isn't a penalty. And it's a tough one. Me and Travel just mentioned it just before you come online there, before we went live. And when you look at it, it isn't a penalty. But then with the rules these days, and no one knows what the rules are anymore, you think that is a penalty. If there's contact, um, it doesn't matter if he, if he was maybe a, a second or two delayed in going down. The contact's there. VAR's there to back it up. The more I looked at it, uh, it was a penalty. Sorry are we on about Louise on Jesus? On Jesus, yeah. yeah. Let me let me ask you a question then, right? So, the penalty that Crystal Palace got earlier in the day, you tell me what difference there is between those penalties. The one difference I would say is that Jesus is actually more in control of the football than John Mateta ever was in control of the football. Mateta's took a poor touch and he's been fouled. I think that's a penalty. I don't, I don't even know if Mateta took a poor touch. He took a touch and it went wherever it was going. Yeah, the, that's what I mean. So it was, it was, whether it was, he, he made it, contact it, after it, I, I don't it, think it affected that phase of play. He, he wasn't in control of the ball. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Whereas Jesus is fully in control of that ball at all times. I think that's a penalty. I don't really get why it's not a penalty. I don't I don't understand what what's, why is that not a penalty. He's why did you say it weren't given? They don't tell you the reason it wasn't given, do they? You don't, VAR don't tell you the reason it wasn't given. We, unless they make an error, they'll tell you the reason it wasn't given. He just kicked straight through him. I, I didn't really understand why that was not a penalty, but I know I'm going to sound like I'm ranting, but I do believe that since, since Arteta's done this Newcastle interview, they're out for him. And you yeah. can't tell me that they're out for him. He's he now for me is it's the post a fact, Rob. I'm telling he's, you now from he, Jurgen Klopp fan, it's a fact he, that will be happening. He he's the poster boy of FA disciplinary. Now he does things that other managers do, but he gets punished for them. So I'll give you an example: Charity Shield opening day of the season, first the the curtain curtain raiser for the season. Arteta comes out his technical area, gets a yellow card. Have you seen any other manager this season being yellow carded for coming out of the technical area? There's loads, I have loads of uh, discrepancies, Rob. We we, um, sc- we we score we score against Luton to make it four three in the last 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 kick of the game. He's run out of his technical area, celebrated like any other manager would. Rob Edwards said after the game, they asked him, they said, if you had scored that goal, what would you have done? 
Rob Edwards said I would have been crowd surfing. That is what he said. So he was backing up that Arteta didn't really do anything. Arteta gets a yellow card. He misses. <laughs> the you remember when Everton <laughs> Liverpool scored in the ninety-something minute and Klopp ran on the pitch? Listen, right. So, so uh, Gary O'Neill against Tottenham. Wolves beat Tottenham. Gary O'Neill, they scored it. They scored to make it 2-1, the winning goal. Gary O'Neill's running down the touchline celebrating. Chris Wilder for Sheffield United this weekend is running down the touchline celebrating. I don't want to see these managers get yellow cards for that. But what no, I'm no, saying no. is, what, why, is our man- why is our manager picked up a yellow card? Now, one more thing I'm going to say is... I'm going to the Arsenal-Liverpool game in two weeks' time, right? It's one of the biggest games of the season. I want to see Jurgen Klopp on that. I want to see Jurgen Klopp on that bench, and I want to see Mikel Arteta on that bench because they add to the spectacle of what's meant to be one of the best games of the season. Now Arteta made those comments during the Newcastle game. How many weeks ago was that? Six Three. weeks ago. The Newcastle game was five five weeks ago. They still yeah, haven't. They. They still haven't punished him. Now, there's talk that they're going to punish him now and that he's going to be in the stands for the Anfield game. Why are they waiting this long oh to God. put him in the stands for the biggest game of the season? It's it's ridiculous. That's fraudulent, mate. That's it, it's, why ridiculous. Fraudulent. it's ridiculous. Why De Zerbi came out and he said that... Sorry, I'm ranting, but I've I'm, I'm no, been no, thinking no, about this all happened. day. Deserby said that he does not like 80% of the referees. Why is he not being, why is he not being disciplined for that? What's what you've asked the manager what he thinks to a decision, and he said he thinks it's a disgrace. That's what he said. Deserby has gone personally and said he does not like 80% of he's the referees for a ban, hasn't he? Basically, yeah. he's, he's like, I'm so sick, I want you to find me and ban me. He's literally invited them by saying that. And, what's <laughs> and, to him? and I'm not being a bit of, I'm not being a bit of fan. I'm not being, I, I would say, like, when you look at marginal decisions. Arsenal don't get any of the marginal decisions go their way. I can't think of a marginal decision this season where I'd look and go, oh, I tell you what, we got a little bit lucky there. Jesus, it's a marginal decision, doesn't go our way. Uh, the Newcastle goal, it's a marginal decision, it doesn't go our way. We haven't had any of these marginal decisions go our way. And I fully do believe that that the FA do not like our manager. And when you don't like the manager, he, he manages our football club, so we're going to get the decisions that go against us purely based off the fact that the manager, the, the FA, do not like our manager. Is it the FA though, or is it the PGM MOL? Yes, they, yeah, sorry, they're sorry, not the sorry, same yeah. thing, are they? So yeah, you slag off one of them refs, they'll all be having drinks on Sunday night, slagging off Arteta, slagging what? off Klopp, and they'll collude and think, "I'll get him back for you." You can think decisions aren't listen even. To Mike Dean, decisions listen to Mike Dean. Listen to Mike Dean. You can literally taste it. You're not. He's like, I'm gonna get after my mate. The That's referee. The the referee, the, the referee, they're meant to let you know this whole thing. They're meant to let the game. He could not wait to disallow that Havertz goal. I don't think that Havertz goal is a goal. I, I'll admit, it, whatever you it, under the well, rules, they went over it, it today, Rob, on the Sky Sports ref yeah. thing, and they said it, it's right that it should have been ruled yeah, out. Yeah, it's right that it should have been ruled out, but it didn't even get a chance for VAR to, it, you know, VAR are always going to stick with the on field decision there. The referee has the referee really seen a handball there. Come on, you're trying yeah. to tell me the referee seen how could not wait. He could not wait to put his whistle to his mouth and say that wasn't a goal. I don't know. It's I mean, I saw four handballs, um, so I can, I can, I can imagine he's seen a handball and thought I'll disallow it, knowing VAR's going to clear it up anyway. But this is another thing. I, I don't agree with the rule, and I, 
me and Trav were talking about before you come on again. But the letter of the law is if an attacker handballs it, it is to be ruled out. So but as the rules up, I don't but, believe the rules. It was six of one half dozen the other. It was all frantic. To me, it was a goal. But there has to be the, some... The other the, one handballed it first. Was it Matty Cass? Yeah, exactly. There has to be some common sense. So Havertz is getting punished for heading the ball on someone's hand and it bouncing off their hand and then going back onto his hand and then putting it in the net. Ha- yeah, like, that's, that's just no common sense. I think it should, under the rules, and you know the rules are that goal should be disallowed. I'm not going to argue, but it's just the rules terrible. Ian Wright yeah. said it on Match of the Day. It's a horrendous rule. But we stopping all know goal. it is. We all know. If it, like, listen, while we're on a run, you will remember that Virgil Van Dijk got sent off against Newcastle, rightly so. He cleaned out Isaac, but he got an extra game ban for Saint of the Ref. That's an effing disgrace. You fast forward two months to only last week against uh, who was it? Spurs, Man City, Spurs, Haaland. Haaland and Rodri, I think it was. They manhandled the ref, screaming in his face. Yeah, Haaland nothing's been done. Bad. No one's so, made a thing about it. So if, if they're clamping down on cheeking up the ref and they're giving Van Dyke an extra game, you have to be consistent for the whole season. The same yeah. with Arteta getting a yellow card or whatever it was right at the start in the charity shield. They have to be consider, uh, consistent and do it the whole season. But they're backing out mid-season, changing the rules because the pressure's on. Howard Webb's getting a bit of a sweaty neck and it's just not right it's a disgrace like you two support different teams right I, I obviously support Arsenal so I fully back everything Arteta does you know if he runs down the line with his pants off bro no <laughs> like no, pause I'm I'm saying he did the right thing but what I'm what I'm asking is do you guys think that Arteta is really that different to any other manager in the league I'm talking you peps you clops is he really that different in his mannerisms and the way he behaves nah no. Do you know why he gets a rough ride, Rob? Go on. Because he's seen as a rookie. Yeah, this is what I mean. Like, like you say, if that was Ferguson or Klopp or Pep, they'd be like, you've been there, you've seen it, you've, you've won it all, you're experienced. It's because they, it's almost like they're trying to put him back in his box. You're yeah, still a I young manager, you haven't won anything. Who do you think you are? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know how accidental handball for a defensive action is like fine, but then for an offensive action, it's penalised. It makes absolutely no sense. You know I'm I mean? telling you now, lads, they'll change that rule in the summer. But I, in I, the next season, I can guarantee you, it'll be I, back to a kind of um, a deliberate handball. Deliberate yeah. handball. But I think... Guarantee they'll change it. I think if a defender is in the width of the goal and he's two, three yards away from the goal, and even it's if it's accidental, you've stopped a goal. Like, yeah. you're stopping that ball going in the net. Yes, I understand, but your arm is stopping yeah. a goal. And even 10, 15 years ago, you know, when it hit someone on the line and it was accidental, they'd get a red card and it'd be a penalty. So, mm. for me, I think you have to, like, if someone blasts a ball from 25 yards and someone's on the edge, just on the edge of the, bo- on the, edge of the box and it hits the hand accidentally, of course not. But I always believe if you're in the whip for the goal and someone heads it from three, four yards away... And your hands there, there's a potential yeah. for that to be a penalty. Yeah, an attacker would feel hard done by by that, wouldn't they? They'd feel yeah. agreed, like somebody's arm was there and it stopped it, even if it was an accident and you're like a yard out or whatever. But that's where the refs need to just use their common sense and just it's not about changing the rules. Like, there's doesn't no have common sense left anymore, it's, is the trap? That's the problem. Mean. There should be, though. 
They're using know, it. Definitely. Uh, get out clause. You know what I mean? They're relying on all this technology and letter of the law and rule book and stuff. It's not. And not just that, Trav. They're thinking of things that happened last month or the month before. And they're thinking, man, mate made that decision. I need to make the same type of. The, the heads are absolutely bust. Right, mate. They're not yeah. reffing the game anymore. They're thinking no. about what who set a precedent three months ago. What did Howard Webb say about doing this, about doing that? And uh, VAR will bail me out. It's just an absolute mess. It's all we talk Ars- about, though. Yeah, it's all no. talk about. No. The Arsenal ones are so easy, though. Like, they're not even contentious decisions. Like, they're so easy. Like, Douglas Louise just kicks the back of Jesus's heel while, he's in, while his leg's in the air. Gets nothing on the ball, penalty, stick on. Like the yeah. Gabriel one against Newcastle, he just climbs on top of him and just pushes yeah. him to the floor. Like penalty, like free kick. Like it's just yeah, not. That's a Man U and a Liverpool fan saying it, Rob. I hate Arsenal and I hate Man U. And I'm like saying the Gabriel was a disgrace and that was a penalty uh, on Jesus on Saturday. Did, did you see the Gabriel one against Luton where he jumps up and he gets pulled to the ground? Yeah. Have you seen that one? Have you seen so, so why is that not a penalty? But Haaland's against Chelsea is a penalty, and Rodri at Old Trafford's a penalty. They they're like minimal con. They're minimal calls. Like this guy's yeah. literally got Gabriel's shirt, and you can see Gabriel yeah. jumping the air and he literally get pulled down by the shirt. Why are those two for Man City? Luton as well. Yeah, and Dyke pulled down in the box, and you're like, go on then, ref, be consistent. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to jump into the comments. Ravi says, if Arsenal bagged the Odegaard chances with the decisions going against them, they wouldn't care too much because they won. But because they didn't win, they say robbery. Uh, I'm not so sure, mate. Obviously, you'd take the win, wouldn't you, Rob? But no, I'm, not saying, I'm these, not saying it's robbery. I'm just, about these yeah. incidents isolated. It's a yeah, disgrace. We, we should have won the game. Do you know what? The goal, I said to you Saturday night, the goal was a goal when you just look at it with common sense, but the letter of the law, it isn't a goal because it hit the attack yeah, which, a couple of times. And it's which, it's not right, but that is the law. We can all accept that. Uh, vamos. <laughs> like, subscribe, people. Be nice, vamos. Nice one. Cheers, Jose. Yeah, if anyone's watching and you're new to the channel, don't forget to like and a subscribe, of course. Uh, even as a Liverpool fan, I would say the same for Liverpool. Can't just blame refs. The team has to do more to win the game. Yeah, do you know what? Like 100% Ross we said, had the chances to win the game. No yeah, doubt the about it. chances didn't take them. I'm just, uh, talking, I'm, just, I'm just talking about the whole situation around Arsenal and Arteta. Why yeah. I believe Not these just decisions are going... Yeah, why I believe these decisions are going against us is because the FA obviously have something in for our manager and you can't say they don't because the way he's getting these yellow cards and the way he's getting these bans and the other managers are not. You watch, then literally, if he's banned for Anfield, that is a disgrace. Big, biggest game of the season for us and we're not going to have our manager on the touchline when, he could have, when they could have banned him for Burnley at home or Luton away or any other game. It would be it would be a travesty, and like I said, I'm paying to go to watch that game. I will be there at Anfield, and I want to see Klopp and Arteta. It's half of the it's half of the spectacle. Yeah, Someone suspects about that if that happens, you know. He wasn't on the touchline Saturday night, was he? No, that was for the five yellow. Uh, free, does it referees three yellow cards or four? Three, I think. That was for three yellow cards. That was Scott. So and now he's still that, got this charge. Potential he's still got charge this charge hanging over, hanging over him. Yeah, which they've decided <laughs> to take five weeks. You know, so yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, let's talk about this keeper. I said we would forget about Allison, who's clear of anyone in the league. Surely Martinez is the second best keeper in the league. 
Forget about him winding up fans, players, etc. Appreciate him still. And the added little caveat to this, Rob, is that Arsenal let him go. I said way back in the group chat, didn't it, Trav, whatever it was, two, three years ago, Arsenal sold the wrong keeper. I can't believe you let him go. I rated him highly there. Do you remember you played us in the charity shield, Rob? Yeah, he was he class. Was one one. On penalties. He was class. Yeah, and then you sold class. him. Yeah, well, what Why? actually happened was, what actually happened was the year that Arteta uh, came in was the year that we won the FA Cup and he got the number one. Leno got injured uh, away at Brighton. The Neil Morpay injury, I don't know if you remember. Morpay did him and he got injured. Leno was out. And Martinez got his chance. And Martinez grabbed it and he was quality from the back end of the season all the way up to us winning the FA Cup. Uh, and then in the summer, Arteta said to him, look, I'm not going to say you're my number one. You and Leno are going to have to fight it out for the number one. I firmly believe that, you know, like he said with Ramsdale and Raya, Martinez was going to be the number one, but obviously maybe he didn't feel as though he had enough, you know, insurance that he was going to be the number one and he felt he was at a stage of his career where he needed to definitely play. He didn't want to be fighting for a number one jersey. And he went to, and he, you know, and he went to Villa and he's been amazing for them and he's, you know, he's won a World Cup. I'm still a bit suspect, I'm still a bit... You know, I don't think he's great with his feet, but then again, for me, I want my keeper to save shots, and that's what he does. So, <laughs> you know, mm. so he's so. got a gap in him as well. He has got the he odd has, mistake in him. Well, he nearly dropped one on Saturday. He nearly yeah. dropped one on Saturday from the corner. You know, he and dropped, he's not he the tallest, him. is he? Nah. But Martinez is massive, isn't Martinez? He's got to be six. Martinez has got to be six, three, six, four. four. Yeah, easily. Right. Now look at him. Easily, yeah. He's big. He's a big. He's big, he's Scott. Big lad. He's stocky as Let's well. Let's cut to the chase, yeah. Rob. Would you have him back? If you could turn back time, do you wish he was your number one? That's the Bro, question. I'd take, I take Lehman back now. This keeper thing's wind, <laughs> wind This keeper thing's... <laughs> this, this, this keeper, this keeper situation's winding me up. Oh. It's killing me. It's it's winding me up. It's... Where does it go from here, though? Like, I don't know where you still go. think he's going to stick with Raya or...? I just don't know. It's just like Raya's not. He's yeah, he's he's good, but is he been an upgrade? And then obviously the Ramsdale thing. He's not. You know, he's not getting back in. Mm. He wants out of the club. The manager wants him out of the club. And then you're looking. Is David Raya going to be good enough going ahead? Like I haven't seen Raya win us a game of football yet. You know, yeah. I've seen Ramsdale win like us a game of football on last Saturday. year. Yeah, yeah. And Ramsdale Did you watch the Crystal us... Palace game? Yeah, Bob? he was quality, mate. He's class. Oh. He's for me. He's, I've said on this pod before. He's the best keeper in the Prem. But I've not seen Raya. He's not had that standout game for us where you've gone, oh, okay. He's won us three points there. It's not happened. He was sh- he, he, he was poor against Luton. The other games, he's made mistakes. But I need to see that. I need to see that standout game. We've seen it from Ramsdale. We've seen it at Anfield. We've seen it at Spurs last year. I need to see David Rea pull out. You know, us going to Anfield in a couple of weeks. He, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to be quality for us to win that game. He's gonna have. He's gonna be busy. He's gonna have to make saves. And you know, I, I haven't seen a standout game from him yet. Uh, Jose says Jesus will never be the god striker who could save Arsenal from bottling again. Jesus will not guarantee you enough goals to win the league and he's too inconsistent. I did think this on Saturday night, Rob. I thought, I know what the headlines are going to be. <clears throat> Arsenal are short of a gunman to be putting these kind of games to bed and then G- Jesus got subbed off and I thought I could see that coming. Um, and then Trav, you put in our group chat with Neil today about... Um, a gunman. Is that too simple to say, Rob? 
Is it? No, are you just an Ivan Tony away from winning that game on Saturday night? No, because I look at Man City. Like we spread our goals, like I've said, across our team. So if we're going to stop spreading the goals, we need a Haaland who's going to score forty goals, not fifteen, not twenty. You need, and where do you get someone who's going to guarantee to score 20, 25 to thirty goals? Like you're talking, Man City have changed the way they play, but they've got a striker who's literally scoring forty goals. The other, the other players are what chipping in with what, like Grealish got four or five last year. How many did Foden get? Mares, all them boys. I don't think any of them hit higher than probably ten. They didn't. Did any of them get over ten goals? I'm not. I'm not sure in the league. So when you're talking about you need a gunman, you, you're going to get a gunman. But is it going to take away from Saka and Martinelli? So you, you almost have to. You have to get that guy who's guaranteed to score you 25 plus goals if he's going to take away from the other players. But it's also like a different kind of striker for a different kind of game, isn't it? Horses for courses. Yeah. Uh, a bit like us with Nunes and Gakpo. Like on, on Sunday, I'm almost guaranteeing you that he'll start Gakpo over Nunes. I think just on Rob's point as well, I think if you're not going to have that striker that can get that many goals, I think Arsenal's wider players need to sort of get Salamane numbers then to win to get you over the line. Do you know what I mean? I think if you are going to rely on those wide forwards to get your goals, the or the majority of the goals in the team. I mean, if you look at Salah and when Mane was in his pomp as well, they were getting between 15 and 20 in the league, 25 in all comps. And I think Saka had a fantastic season last year. Martinelli had a good return as well. But I think if they are going to go on to win the league, whether that's this year or next year or whenever, I think they just need to go up to that next level yeah. in terms of the goals, that, the goal return, just to get them over the line. Because, like you said, Man City, they're gonna they can score hundred goals in a season. Do you know what I mean? Standard with Haaland and, and with the rest of the players that will chip in with goals. We know Liverpool have got lots of goals in it, their team. And at the end of the day, goals do win games. We defenses do as well, and a top goalkeeper, but. The game starts at nil nil. If every game's nil nil, it's a draw, isn't it? You need to score to win. And and I think like we've been here. I'm not saying that Arsenal aren't capable of winning the league. I do think they are, but I, we've been here before where there's been that just that little looming question mark as to whether if Arsenal aren't playing well, who can dig them out? Who's that guy they can turn to or that player or those people? And if and Odegaard and Saka, they did step up to all the way through, but they didn't get over the line. So I think if they can go that one extra level, I think they can I think they can do it. Yeah, because they all scored 15 last year. Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, they were all around the 15 mark. But I yeah. think next I think next summer we'll drop rice money on a striker. That's that is for me. I, I I can't see us doing it in Jan and I can't see Brentford getting rid of him in Jan because you know they've just lost Mbuemo as well and you know, mm. I, I can't see them going. And you, and you're looking at a player who's not played for what? So how long's he? How long's he not played for? Is he going to hit the ground running straight away? I, I don't think we'll go for Tony. And I think the most obvious destination for Tony is Chelsea. So, but then again, is he going to want to go to Chelsea? Because you know, if you leave in Brentford, for me, you want to you want to be leaving to go and play European football. I know Chelsea are a big club, but at the moment they're an absolute mess. So, yeah, I, I, I can see Tony staying at Brentford till the summer. I think so. Victor Osiman, that you he, he gets linked with every club, doesn't he? Not least Man United, but Arsenal as well. Yeah, I think we're going to spend big money on a striker. I don't know who that striker is going to be. 
we might look at Martial because he's uh that's <laughs> it, <laughs> <laughs> he's on a free in the summer. <laughs> I'd no, love it if you say Martial. Hulu Moani as well from Hulu is another one that you've been linked with as well, to be fair. I know he's just gone to PSG, but he was a name that you've been linked with quite a bit. Um yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, strikers are, are like, hard. they're hard it's a hard market, isn't it? The striker um, market. Everyone just that. We've, we've all said it before. You don't want to upset the rhythm of, of the team. Trav just touched on it there. If you want your Saka and Martinelli's to be getting 20 goals apiece, like Salah and Mane numbers, you need that false nine. And I was about to say Firmino got away with it, but he didn't because he was like the oil in our, our team. He, he wasn't getting away with anything, but everyone forgave Firmino for not posting the numbers because he was the key that unlocked the door for Mane and Salah. So if you've got Saka and Martinelli getting them kind of numbers, you know, you it's do kind of need a false nine, don't you? And then Jesus would look better. Yeah, It's a little bit easier for us to go and get a striker and not upset Jesus because... At the moment, our wide options are Saka, Martinelli, Trossard and Nelson. Now, for me, Nelson isn't an option. He's, he's not good enough, unfortunately. So, you look, you've got Trossard, Saka and Martinelli. We all know that Jesus can play out wide. So, he's going to get plenty of minutes, regardless of if we do go and spend big on a strike. It's not like we signed a striker, that's the end of Jesus at Arsenal. He will get plenty of minutes in wide areas. You know, Saka needs... Saka can't play every single game. Martinelli can't play every single game. So I think it's a lot easier for us to go and get that striker because it won't upset Jesus too much because he can play many different roles in the team. Um, we're going to end it on top four. We mentioned it earlier. Trav, you start because I think Liverpool, Arsenal and Man City are boxed off the front, uh, the top three. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't know what Yes. I don't know what order, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say so. It's just that. a fourth place we're debating. Who's going to grab that fourth place, Trav? If you was to ask me now, I would say Spurs. I, w- I would say Spurs would probably get that fourth spot. I just think they've got some injuries. They've gone on a little bit of a bad run. It was a huge result for them against Newcastle. I think they've shown enough this season with the way that Ange's got them playing, that when those injuries come back, they can probably go on a little bit of a run after Christmas. They've not really got any European football and stuff. I think if you look at their squad when everyone's back and the the issues United are having, I think Villa will inevitably drop off. I hope they don't. I hope they can sustain it. But I just think with the Christmas period coming up, I know they've just beaten Arsenal and beaten City. They'll probably beat United and then they'll probably go and lose a few games that you don't expect them to lose. That just what That's just what happens in this league and they get challenged and they get tested. So, yeah, expect Tottenham to secure that fourth spot. If I was a betting man and I was looking at the table now, in terms of the title, I think you three are going to just tussle it out, you, City and Arsenal. My money's just slightly on... I don't know. It just depends on City if they can put that run together that they normally do. But I can't split you at the moment. I think it's a little bit too early to even say it's tough. I'm going to sit on the fence um, with the title. But yeah, I think those will be the four that will finish in the top four. Rob? Yeah, I'm I'm echoing what Trav said, really. I think Spurs, I think Spurs, it hurts me to say, and I hate to say it, Ange Ball and all that nonsense. (laughs) But I do think Spurs will get the get top four. I feel 
Emery likes his European competitions and he, they're, they're in that conference league. And I think he's going to want to win that, even though it might hamper their league form. <clears throat> so I'm going to go with Trav and say, yeah, I think Spurs, once they get the players back, will finish in the top four. But I, I do believe that this January window for all the teams up there is going to be huge. And I think all of them are going to be willing to spend. I think Liverpool are going to spend. I think Arsenal are going to spend a little bit. I don't think we'll spend as much as maybe Liverpool. But I think Spurs have still got that Kane money they can spend. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, I, I, I'll, I echo Trav's thoughts. And I think Spurs will finish top four. As far as the title goes... I just can't see past Man City. I feel all the teams have got frailties, but I feel as though City will sort out their frailties a lot quicker than what Liverpool and Arsenal will. And I think they'll go on a big run. If you look at the next 10 games, I can't really see them dropping that many points, to be honest. They've got Newcastle away, who now, looking at how they're playing at the moment, I probably fancy uh, City to go and beat them as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go City for the title and I'm going to go Spurs for top four. Um. I think it's always important to listen to rival fans, Rob. And obviously, we've spoke about it before, you're self-critical about your own club, Exactly, uh, yeah. A exactly, little bit yeah. pessimistic, but an mm. Arsenal defeat is pleasing me more than a Man City defeat at the minute. Okay, that's interesting. Like, I really, really fear Arsenal. I've, I, I honestly think this could be the year. I've just, I've just got a weird feeling we're going to do something in the Champions League. I've said it from the start of the season. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think if we can get some favourable draws, I can see us getting to the semi-finals. Over you know, two games, home games yeah. at the Emirates will be tough for anyone. I think if we can avoid Man City, I don't, I'm not really scared of anyone else in Europe. I feel as though if we play to our full ability, I think we can beat anyone in Europe. I'm just so glad Liverpool aren't in it because, you know, Liverpool over two legs, that's one of the worst places to go in, obviously, Europe. So yeah, and I'm, hoping, I'm hoping Newcastle go out as well because you just don't want to go to them tough... You know, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to go to you don't want a prem hostile. Yeah. No, no, you don't want to, you don't want a prem team. So I've just got a weird feeling that we're going to do something in the Champions League and, and miss out slightly on the, uh, on the, on the title. Nice one, right, lads? Uh, I didn't say you was top four, but I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence. I don't want to say I can't no, you've call got it. To, you know, you've got to, you can't no, ask for one, man. And then sit on I the know fence. Newcastle. I know Newcastle have just <laughs> lost two in a row. You've got to say it, man. You can't ask us and not say it. So. <laughs> Man, I'm not man. buying Spurs. I'm not buying Spurs. Uh, I'm not buying Spurs. Man United are going to be nowhere near Aston Villa. Yeah, what a story it would be. Uh, I think Gabby Agbonhor has probably convinced me on Talksport on the way home. He said that their owners are one of the richest in the league, and they spend. And I thought he's really backing them. Ollie Watkins is a monster. Watching them, I mean, I've watched so much ball this this season. Thanks to the wife. Uh, really appreciate that, Hayley. Um, but the teams that I'm watching, like Villa are ace. Newcastle, I'm so glad we've already beat them away from home. They scare me. Um, Brighton are always a force. But yeah, Spurs, We obviously, we shouldn't have got beat by them. But then when I watch the rest of the teams, like there's teams that can do bits, like Luton. I tweeted it yesterday. They are the hardest working team in this league. That's... Going away to Kenilworth Road is not the gimme that it was three months ago. They've right. really found their feet in the Prem. They're going to take points off people. I'd love to see them uh, escape relegation. Um, Crystal Palace took us to Istanbul levels on Saturday. Fulham the same. We nar narrowly beat Fulham. They've just won two home games in a row, 5 0. Um, it's just the, the quality no, in the league is really high. 
um, at the minute. And I didn't feel like that at the start of the season. I felt like there was gimmies like Luton, Burnley, Sheffield United, probably Everton looked like they were going to struggle. They've turned it around. Everton are absolutely flying. They'd be up towards the European places without this 10-point uh, deduction. So, uh, I don't know. You're both holding a gun to my head. Fourth place, um, I'm going to go Newcastle. Oh, I, do you know what? I'll, I'll give you that, Scott, because I do understand kind of where, <laughs> why you're saying, I do kind of understand why you're saying uh, Newcastle, because the brand of football that Villa and Spurs play, they are susceptible to losing games in terms of they are very open teams. And if you can get it right, like West Ham did, and like Villa are finding in their away, in their away games, if you can get it right, you can beat them quite easily. Not easily, but you know, if you set up right, you can get them on the counter-attack. And I feel as if Newcastle can get the players back, they've got a better structure and they're, they're a lot more difficult to beat than them two teams when they got their fully yeah. fit team. So I do understand why you're saying that. I do see Newcastle as they can get it right and get players back. They're, they're still a threat massively. Yeah, the quality. Right, lads, cheers for your time. We always say 25 to 30 minutes and we've been 50. That's what it's like with Premier League football, the most exciting league in the world. Um, we're always here talking about Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal. Trav, we're back on tomorrow night at 10pm for a live match reaction, aren't we, to talking Man about <laughs> I, I, I can sit back and watch the under-15s away at PSV, top the group. <laughs> I'd, I'd love it if finishing fourth place in the Champions League group put you in the UEFA Conference League. Oh, <laughs> I'd absolutely love it if Man United win the uh, I, hope we've, I hope we've come rock bottom, to be fair. I can't take you away from me. <laughs> I can't do it, man. I literally can't. Because we'll get wigged in that as well, and it'll be the worst, man. But hopefully 10 hours gone by, then we'll see some big wigs. <laughs> Need the, well, Bayern Munich might rest players because they're already through, aren't they? So anything can happen. No, I think, I think, I think for Munich coming to an English team, they're gonna, they're gonna want to, they'll enjoy that, yeah, because you know, they don't get a lot of games like that in their season. So I think yeah. they'll embrace that, and I think they'll come with a, with a strong team. To traveling, United. traveling fans, they've just lost five one at the weekend. Yeah, well. they're not. They don't get, yeah, because otherwise they'll be playing who they, who they got, like Union Berlin or someone at the weekend. They'd Man, U, Man U's a big game for them. They'll, they'll definitely yeah. put a strong team out. Obviously, they've got history in Man U, haven't they? So they won't the thing is, get even one if our game, even, if, like, even if we win, the other game has to be a draw. Like, it, it, it's, just, it's just not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Right, we'll be there for it. Don't forget to tune in 10 p.m. tomorrow night. Uh, me and Trav are going to be there no matter what. Um, travel was fronted up when it's adversity for Man United so uh, yeah if you made it this far don't forget to like and subscribe there's four people watching right now if any of you are new to the channel hit that like and subscribe it helps us out loads Trav, Rob have a nice Monday evening cheers for joining lads much nice love cheers. cheers thank you oh, you beauty what a headshot what